1: Recorded live.
0: will open you up one more time. He has allowed you to see another day. He's so good. of your person. Some of you have received promotions on your job. Serve and worship the living things who have been good, who is good. Each of you one more time in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our strength, our redeemer, our very present help in a time of trouble. We give him all glory, all honor and praise for this is in fact the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we are glad in it. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled Satan will hit you with his words. That's his job. You and I hit him back with God's words. Hit him back with God's words. We looked at capital A in our outline, worship and serve God only. Matthew chapter 4, verse 10. John chapter 4, verse 23. Capital B, behind me, Satan. you got to put Satan in the proper place or he will put you in the improper place. Matthew 16, 23. Genesis chapter 19, verse 6, capital C we looked at yesterday, still maintain your integrity. I know trials and tribulations, hardships and difficulties, but I encourage the children of God, the body of Christ, to still maintain your integrity. Job chapter 2, verse 3, Mark uh, chapter 12, verse 14. And it brings us on down to capital D, have you considered my servant? Have you considered my servant? Let's look at Job chapter 1, verse 8, and you're going to understand a little something today about why you had to go through that last trial, why you going through this present trial, and why there are some trials that's already got your name marked on them for you, and why I got some trials that's already got my name marked. Marked on them for me. Have you what? Considered my servant.
1: Let us go to the book of Job. Praise the living God. From the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 8, very
0: familiar account in scripture from the New International Version, our scripture reads, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Job chapter 1, verse 8, from the New International Version. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant? Job, there is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Capital D in our outline, have you considered my servant? Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you today, Father, for another wonderful, beautiful day. You have blessed us in so many dimensions, from so many different angles, Father. We have mouths and hearts filled with praise. Father, we ask that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities, our imperfections, our shortcomings, our weaknesses. Those things that you told us to do that we didn't do, have mercy on us. Those places you told us to go that we didn't go, Father, have mercy on us those things you told us to say that we didn't say. Father, we ask your forgiveness today. We ask, Father, that you will continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake, that we may see you face to face, that we may spend eternity in your presence, and in the presence of your angels, there to sing forever of your saving grace. Home at last cares our past ever to rejoice. Father, we trust that you're going to speak in our midst today as we have gathered together in the name of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do, say, reveal in our midst, Father. Help us to grow stronger in you and in your mighty power. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Have you considered my servant, Job? We look here, children of God, and we see Job doing what he knows to do. Living for God as best he knows how. Offering sacrifices for his children and and uh, just living a very blessed life, praying for his children. Perhaps you look at Job chapter 1, verse 5, Job would say, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. So Job, early in the morning, would be praying and, and going before God on behalf of his children. Now, a righteous man is going to go before God on behalf of his children. A righteous pastor is going to go before God on behalf of of his congregation righteous apostles are going to go before God on behalf of pastors understand that that when you really get this thing child of God you understand that that when you really understand and begin to grasp how good God is and and how much God does for us how much God does to us through us and for us and how God could have destroyed us a long time ago you will find yourself compelled to pray, and to offer sacrifices for others. You, you'll find yourself compelled to offer prayers and sacrifices for kings and for presidents, for leaders, and for those in authority. Job was such a man as this. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice For each of them. We see here that on one day, the Bible does not specify that anything special was going on on this day. It was just a day that Job was destined to experience. Understand, child of God, that you and I have some days that we are just destined to experience. It's not that you have done anything wrong that all of this is happening it's not that you have cursed God in your heart that all is causing all of this to happen it's just a day that has been destined the bible says one day angels came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came with them the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth, going back and forth in it. Now, God doesn't ask Satan, and God doesn't have to ask Satan, why are you going back and forth in the earth? See, God knows, and see, this is why it's important for us. You, you shouldn't have to ask Satan what he is doing. You Because know? first of all, for me and you, he's going to tell us a lie anyway. You got to let, watch this now, you got to let God tell you what Satan is doing. Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. God doesn't ask Satan what he was doing. God said, where, you, where have you come from? Now, God knew where he had come from, and God knew what he was doing. So God says, then the Lord said, have you considered my servant Joe. Why? Because what Satan was looking for was he was looking for someone that he felt like he could bring down. He was looking like for someone he felt he could destroy. He he was looking for someone that he felt like he could separate from God. And he's looking for individuals like that today. Now the question you've got to ask yourself, are you going to be one of those that Satan is looking for, that he feels like he can separate from God and you end up separated from God? Or are you going to be one of those that Satan is looking for, feels like he can separate you from God, but you stand firm like Job? Because every human being, Satan is either looking for you and he gets you, or Satan is looking for you and he don't get you. Satan didn't get Job. He did all kinds of things to Job, but what he was trying to do, was get Job out of fellowship with God, he was not able to do. Now, millions and millions of people, you know, the Bible talks about the devil who deceived them. You got millions and millions of people around the world that the devil has deceived into living out of fellowship with God, into uh, cursing God, into not believing in God. See, all of that is the activity of the devil. Because understand this, child of God, every every human being, God allows Satan a certain amount of room in their life. Every human being, Satan even came to Jesus. Jesus was fasting, praying in the wilderness. God allowed Satan to come and to present craziness. It's not. Watch this now. It's not. You should not ask why is Satan presenting craziness to you why is Satan presenting craziness in the earth? A better question is, why are we accepting it? You got some people out there that wonder why, you know, if God was such a loving God, why would would he allow sin? If you're such a loving person, why are you allowing sin? God allows sin because he gives man freedom to what? Choose. Man can choose righteousness. Man can choose wickedness. That is just the reality of our human condition. We can choose to do good, we can choose to do evil. We can choose to be wise, we can choose to be foolish. Choices. Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on no one on earth like him. He is blameless, upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. It's watch this now. It's almost It's almost
1: pointless. In fact, it is pointless to try and prove God
0: wrong. Satan is trying to prove God wrong in our story. That's what he's trying to prove. He's in essence saying, look, God, you know, why wouldn't Job love you? Look how you done blessed him. You know, you know, you don't put a hedge around him. You're protecting him. You're looking out for his kids. You don't bless him with sheep. You don't bless. Who, who wouldn't love you? Who wouldn't love you? Well, see, here's the thing. Say, what Satan is doing is he's applying his logic to Job. Watch this now. And God has just giving me this. I've been preaching this a long time, and this is fresh bread. Satan is basically saying, "Why wouldn't Job love you? Look how you don't bless him." But the re- reality was, God had blessed Satan, and Satan didn't love God. God had blessed Lucifer when he was Lucifer, when he was a beautiful, beautiful angel. God had blessed him in all kinds of different angles and from all kinds of different degrees, and yet he decided not to love God. So now he's trying to say, you know, why wouldn't, Why would, the question is not why wouldn't Job, why wouldn't Job love God with the way he was blessed. Satan, why didn't you love God with the way you were blessed, with the way God had, 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 had adorned you and the way God
1: had, Lifted you in the way God had exalted you and gifted you. Why didn't you love God? Because if Satan's logic is
0: sound here, then if God gives you a whole lot of stuff, then you ought to love God. But if God takes the stuff, then you won't love God. Well, what caused you Satan to stop loving God?
1: God didn't take the stuff from Satan until Satan stopped loving God. God didn't take Satan's, Satan's
0: place, uh, didn't boot Satan from the heavenly realm until Satan stopped loving God. God didn't bring death into humanity until Adam first showed that he didn't love God. You said, Apostle, what, what you got in that? What you got in that? God reacts when He sees us not loving Him. The, what's, children of God, listen, the, the issue is not whether or not God, God loves us. That, that has never been the issue. God said that has never been it. Yet. Now, the adversary may try to convince you of that, but that is not the issue. The issue has been, is, and will always be do you love God? That is what the issue is. God says, Robert, that it was Job's love for me that carried him through the trials of Satan. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. See, if you don't love God, then when trial comes, you'll curse God and die. When trial comes, you'll bail out of the church. You'll you'll get out of it. You'll you'll run from the church. You'll leave the ministry. You'll forget about it. you You didn't love God in the first place. But because Job loved God, He was able to hold on through the trial. You better love God out there. You better love God. If you don't love God, you won't make it.
1: If If you don't love God, you won't last. It was Job's love for God
0: that carried him through, and it was God's love for Job that brought him through. God's love is a given. Whether you out there under the sound of my voice, whether you saved, you unsaved, you black, you white, you rich, you poor, you young, you old, that whatever that is, that's your business. God loves you. But the question is not whether or not God loves us. That's a given. In mathematics, they'll have a given. X plus Y equals, equals 10. And then they'll tell you X equals 5. Well, you don't have to worry about 5. You don't have to try to figure out what 5 is. What you got to try to come up with is what is what? Why? See, see that, that, that's what the issue. Do you love God? Do we love God? Because God loves us. That's X, that's X equals five all day. That's a giving. God said that's a given. So it was God's love, it was Job's love for God that carried him through the trial, and it was God's love for Job that brought him through. You need, you need these two things working. God can't save you just because he loves you. God love you and send you right to hell, too. Love, God, love is best when it is reciprocated.
1: Love works best when it is reciprocated. God, can God said Robert say that again? God said, I can't save you just because I love you. Because if that was the case, God said I would have to save what? Everybody. But because Job loved God, he was able to come out. And he
0: was able to come out better than he went in. I want to encourage you, child of God, that if you love God real, real strong and real, real deep, whatever the trial, whatever the tribulation, whatever the hardship, whatever the difficulty, if you love God real, real strong and deep, you're going to come out of whatever it is you are in better than you went in. If you love God real, real strong, all things are going to work together for your good. Why? Because you love the Lord. That's a promise not to the world. That's a promise not to the children of the devil. God said that's a promise to my children, that all things work together. You and I, children of God, we go through some of the same things that the world go through. But the difference is because we love God and because we've been called according to his purpose, it's going to work together for our good. God doesn't make that promise about the world. There are some promises, there are some privileges and some rights and some benefits to being a child of God that the world does not enjoy. Job made it through because God loved him and he loved God. And I want to encourage you and let you to know that when you love somebody and they love you right back, oh, that's a powerful, powerful, that's the most powerful force in all, in all creation. Money won't break that up. And this is why God be so big on marriage and telling individuals what God has joined together, let no man put us under. Because what's supposed to be happening in marriage, that husband's supposed to love that wife, and that wife is supposed to love that husband right back. And then family, so called friends, children, you know, they get, nothing is supposed to be able to break that up. Other than God, if He chooses to. That's why I said what God has joined together, let no man put us under. God said, I can put it asunder. God said, because I'm no man. Lord said to Satan. In essence, what the Lord said to Satan is look, Me and my boy, we got a bond that you can't break. Children of God, thank you, Holy Spirit, today. God said, Robert. My people are supposed to have a bond that Satan can't break. We're supposed to have a bond with our creator that Satan can't break. We're supposed to have a bond with one another. Come on, children of God. That what? Satan can't break. If Satan is breaking us up, if Satan is splitting us up, if Satan is splintering us and fracturing then something is wrong with the love. Because real love is not going to be broken by real devil. Real love is not going to be broken by real money. Real love is not going to be broken by real anything because there's nothing more powerful than love. God is love, and there's nothing more powerful than God. If you let money break up your love for me, or you claim you got love for me but little money then then cause you, you didn't really love me. If I, let, if I let a little money or a little fame or a little drugs or a little break me up from you, then I didn't really love you. Love, love don't break like that. Love don't break like that. See, 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 that's why, that was, that's why a beautiful thing. Uh, and God says, see, now false love will what? Break like that. Real love don't break like that. Real love. Now, 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 what's in my spirit? There's a number of things. God has placed a number of things in my spirit. You know, he's got uh, David's son, Absalom. Good-looking boy. Nowhere in all Israel was such a man, was a man praised for his good looks as David's son, Absalom. David's son, Absalom, went buck wild. Oh, man, went just as crazy as he could. And when they killed Absalom, David was mourning Absalom, Absalom, my son Absalom. Even though his soldiers had risked their life, Absalom was trying to take the kingdom, trying to drive David out, trying to kill David. But the problem was David loved Absalom. Absalom didn't love David at all, but David loved Absalom. Sometimes we can be in love with individuals or we can love individuals that don't love us. And, you know, you know, God said, Robert, that's just a reality. You know, because God said, I experienced that every what? Day. God said, I love all of you all in my creation. But God said, a whole lot of you don't love me. God said, I understand. Sometimes parents can love a child. child don't love parents. That, that ain't a guarantee that because you as a parent love your child, that your child going to love you back. That's not a guarantee. Don't trip off it. They get to make choices just like you do. Just because you as a child, I've run into children that love parents that ain't studying them. They ain't even thinking about them. <laughs> ain't no guarantee. That's because you were a child and you love your mama. You love your mama. Your mama might not be thinking about you. I don't run really know a lot of folks. Mama ain't even thinking about them. Get this joke out of here. Just love your daddy. you a little girl out there. You just love your daddy. Oh, and your daddy don't even, ain't even, uh, who is this girl? This girl, get out of here. But love works best when it's what? Reciprocated. Reciprocated means that it's given back. It's given back. Some of you all out there side, the my voice, oh, man, you love um, your, um, your sports personalities. Man, some of you all love Michael Jordan, love LeBron James. Love, them boys ain't thinking about you. Well, you know, <laughs> them boys ain't thinking about you. Some of you all out there, you love your favorite musician. Oh, I just... Some of y'all just just love Beyonce. Oh, I just love RiRi, Rihanna. Oh, the way she, Rihanna and Beyonce, they ain't about you. (laughs) You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? I, I mean, you know, now, understand that when you love somebody that don't love you, that can be a very painful thing. As children of God, we love the world. We love the world. We love the people. I mean, they are people that, that, that need to be saved. There are people that, even though they're not saved, they've been blinded by the adversary, which we have been. So we ought, to, we ought to have compassion on them because we've been there. We know what it's like not to know God. Some of the worst times in my life I can remember when I didn't know God and didn't even know why things were so terrible. Let me let's see. See the world can't speak from the perspective of a Christian. I see him trying it all the time. The world wants to try to talk about Christianity. Listen out down to the sound of my voice. You in the world, you don't know nothing about Christianity. You don't know nothing about Christianity. Now I've been in the world, and I've been saved. You that's in the world, you've just been in the world. That's all you know. See, those of us that, that have been in the world that have tasted of the world and have tasted of Christianity, it, we know that Christianity is a whole lot better. Now, if you ain't never tasted number one thing, you don't, really know, you don't really know the other thing. Some of you young men, some of you children out there that have had God-fearing parents, you don't know how crazy it can be having parents that don't love God because all you've ever tasted was parents that love God, parents that have loved you. Parents that, it's, some, it's some folk out there that know what it's like with parents that don't love God and know how crazy that can be. Mama staggering in, end, done smoke crack rock, daddy staggering in after her, done drunk a fifth of liquor. See, some of you are you children come from God fearing homes, you don't know about that stuff. You don't know. Those of you that have always had a roof over your head, you know, we don't you don't know nothing about stuff that having to live out on the street. Because we've tasted one thing. But what God will do, and this is what God does with Job. He allows Job to taste some other things. Job, who had known good health most of his life, is now tasting sickness. Job, who had known uh, 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 sacrificing and praying for his children and blessings and and sheep and camel and goats, is now tasting something different. But the beautiful thing about Job, my brother and my sister, is that even Job, God said, Robert, Job tasted some of the best of life, and then I allowed him to taste some of the worst of life. And God says one thing that I liked about Job is that he still maintained his integrity. He still maintained his love for me. See, see some of us, (laughs) oh, God is all well and good as long as we taste in some of the best of life. But when God started allowing us to taste some of the worst of life, now, now, let me see your praise. Now let me see your worship. Now, now let me let me let me see how you feel about God. Now that He's allowed you. Oh man, it's one thing to it's one thing to praise and worship God in the palace. It's another thing to worship praise and worship God in the ghetto. Another thing. Oh, it's one thing to praise and worship God when all I got to do is hit a button. I'm talking about me. Now, let me talk a little bit about me because I spent a whole lot of time in the ghetto, and I'm not talking about U.S. ghetto. I'm talking about African ghetto. I'm talking about a ghetto where Africans say apostles. That is the ghetto. It's one thing to, to, to praise and worship God when all you got to do is hit a button on the side of the wall and the air temperature in the air be whatever whatever you desire it to be. It's another thing when there's no electricity and the temperature's over well over 100 degrees, and malaria, carrying mosquitoes is all around you and you're sweating all through the night and rats outside bigger than you. It's a whole other thing. It's a whole, it's a whole, it's a different taste. It's a different taste in life. And what you say, Apostle, what you trying to get us to understand, that when you have tasted a lot of the extremities of life, when God brings you back to a place of Comfort. God brings you back to a place of plenty. When you have tasted scarcity, your plenty tastes a little different. When God has brought you back from a place of lack to a place of abundance, your abundance tastes a little different. Oh, Job loved God before he went into the trial. He loved God into the trial, but when God brought him out, there was just a little different appreciation. A little different Thankfulness, a little different praise. Just a little different now. It's just a little different. Job said, I
1: done seen some things. I done seen some things. God said there's no one on earth like him. There's no,
0: listen, this is God talking now. That means that God's saying, look, anybody else that would have went through this right here, they'd have cursed God and died. They threw, They threw an attack. God said, "There's no one on no one on earth like him." God said, "Look, I ain't got a whole lot of people that can go through that and still maintain their integrity." God said, "No one. There's no. This is God talking, not Apostle Brian." God said, "There is no one on earth like him." Well, and that's why nobody ended up being blessed quite like him either. Nobody
1: else ended up. The Bible says, "Look."
0: There lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless, upright, he feared God, shunned evil. You know, he was the the greatest man among all the peoples of the east. That's what the Bible says. This was before he went into the trial. Well, then God come back and bless him with twice as much on the other side of the trial. So how great was Job on the other side of this thing? There won't even nobody like him
1: before he went in. Now, what made Joe great?
0: It wasn't the donkeys. It wasn't the sheep. It wasn't the oxen. You know, it wasn't the children. It wasn't. It it wasn't all that stuff. God said, "Robert, what made Joe great was his unshakable faith in me." That's what God said. That's what God said. God said, what made you great? It wasn't the stuff that I had given him. God said, I let Satan take the stuff. But what Satan couldn't take was his unshakable love for me. And I want to encourage you on the sound of my voice, child of God. That what makes you great? It's not because you've got a little Bentley out there, a little Mercedes, got your little half a million dollar home and little, little six-figure income. You better understand that what makes us great is our love for God, not even God's love for us because that's a given but what will make you great and will cause you to be blessed even more on the other side is your love for God
1: what oh, say this the subtopic was
0: have you considered my servant God said love. he's my servant for real not because of the stuff With the stuff, he serves me and he loves me. Without the stuff, he serves me and he loves me. With folk with him, he serves me and he loves me. Without folk with him, he serves me and he loves me. Have you considered? Have you faith? God said, I might not have a lot of folk like this, but I got one. I got one that no matter what I let you do to him. He's not going to let me go.
1: Joe, very
0: interesting character, children of God. You know, may, we, may we have the steadfast unmovableness and trust in God as Joe, Who was able to go through all of this, Tax on his family, attacks on his property, attacks on his health. And those are three of the most devastating attacks. Those are three of the most devastating attacks. Attack on your income, attack on your family, attack on your health. Those, 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 those three things right there oftentimes run people crazy. Those are those things that hurt deep. That's what Job experienced that. Bam, bam, boom. He didn't even have good time to finish mourning for
1: one attack when another attack hit him. Now, what God proves to Satan,
0: but Joe, Satan asked a question in verse 9. Satan says, does Job fear God for nothing? No, the reality is we don't fear God for nothing. There's a reason we fear God. There are reasons why we fear God. One reason, I can give you a whole list of reasons. Some of you all out there that don't fear God, you, here go some reasons why we do fear God. One, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. You can't even get started in anything wise-like till you develop a proper fear for your creator. The fool says in his heart there is no God. I don't want to be a fool, so I got to fear God. And if you've chosen not to fear God, you've chosen to be a fool. That's number one. Number two, the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's terrible things. Let's make it plain for some of you all out there. It's a terrible thing to piss God off. Terrible thing. Very, very terrible thing. Because God can go off on you like nobody you have ever seen. God can go off to, to the degree
1: to where you'd be like, man, is God all right? No, he ain't all right. It's wisdom to fear God. It's foolishness not to fear God. It's terrible to fall into the hands of the angry God. It's a terrible thing. It's terrible. There are reasons why we fear God. There,
0: there's some reason. Sure, we you know we love him. You know, he's our heavenly father. You know, he's our creator. He he wants to do us good. He wants to bless us. But God said, You upset me just right now. And I'll show you a side of me that you don't like. Don't nobody like that. Nobody that's in hell like the side of God that God had to show them. God got sides. He got different sides. And what you do is going to determine what side of God you're going to see. People that end up in hell, man, they just as upset with God. They don't like the side of God that they saw. And God be saying to us, look, stay off on my wrath side now. Stay off on my wrath side they on over here on my gray side. I'll be like, all right, Lord, let me ease on over here. I don't even want to get close to the line over there. You know, there's swimming pools I like to go to. I'm thinking of one in Nigeria. They got uh, they got shallow end where a lot of people be playing, a lot of people be dancing, big swimming pool. I think it's almost like Olympic size. A lot of people, you know, they got music. They be playing, the DJs be up there. A lot of people can't swim, so they be in that shallow end. Then they got this big line. That separates because the water down there is twenty-five feet deep. They got a big platform for high diving and all kind of stuff, and they be warning people: don't only they call them professional swimmers. Only professional swimmers need to even cross this line. Cross that line, you done moved into a whole nother dimension of sight and sound. No. You're moving into a whole nother dimension of sight and sound. I had to come get you. You mess around over there, and you don't know what you're doing. Well, understand that when you're over in the, in the wrath of God, you're over on that side of God, you really don't know what you're doing. You really don't know what you're doing. You need to get out of there as quickly as possible. you mess around across that line in that swimming pool, and you slip over there, and you can't swim. You, did, you better try everything you can to get back across the other side. As children of God, if we even slip over there on the, the wrath side of God, we need to do everything we can to win. get back over here to the grace. Have you considered my serving Job? This, watch this now, child of God, and we're going to wrap up. This that happened to Job was not because of the wrath of God. This that happened to Job was because of the permission of God. Now, it looked like the wrath of God, and that's what Job is thinking. That's what Job's friends are thinking in the beginning, that Job done, done something to upset God. Uh-uh. Everything terrible that happened to you and I is not a matter of the wrath of God. Sometimes it's the permission of God. God allowed this to happen to Job. God didn't do this to Job.
1: God allowed this to happen to Job. God didn't do this to Job. So it's important
0: to know, child of God, when very, very terrible things happen, is this something that God is doing to to you, or is this something that God is allowing? It's important to know. Lord, have I done something that, that has upset you, caused you to do this to me, or is it something, Lord, that, that you're allowing Satan to do to me because, you know, it's very important to know. Because, see, if it's something that you're doing, and I, I've seen this happen, you know, I've seen individuals, you know, go through a trial, you know, because of something they were doing or something they weren't doing, come out of the trial and then go right back to doing the same thing, and I'd be just like, my God, and God be like, I'm going to get that joke again.
1: trials are meant for you and I to learn. Remember the invalid?
0: God been an invalid for 38 years. Jesus come up to him, take up your mat and walk. Picked up, picked up his mat, start walking. Went right out in the temple and started sinning. Jesus rolled up on him and said, look, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something what? Worse will happen to you. Stop that mess now or you mess around the next time and it'd be even worse. Now, God done restored you. Now, you're going to come right back with the same craziness. God said next time, see, stop sinning or something worse will
1: happen to you. Have you considered my servant, Joe? Father, we thank you today for
0: everything you've shared with us. Pray, Father, that the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart have been acceptable in your sight. We give you glory, honor, and praise today. We pray, Father that at the preaching and teaching of your word today, souls have been convicted and converted, that someone has cried out, what must I do to be saved? Let them to know, Father, that if they will confess with their mouth and believe in their heart the Lord Jesus, and if God has raised them from the dead, they shall be saved. They will ask you from sincerity and heart that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit, make them into a new creature. Old things will be passed away, and behold, all things will become new. Again, Father, we thank you. And we praise you for being who you are and doing what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you,
1: saints, and heaven smile on you all. Plus.